Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Late on Friday last week, many people on the West Coast got on boats and went on sailing for work or leisure. But in parts of Orange County, California, many of these people noticed that the water looked and smelled different. What they were smelling, and what they'd been the first to notice, was a massive oil spill just miles off Huntington Beach, south of LA. We begin with that breaking news. Crews working to contain a major oil spill, one of the largest there in recent history. 144,000 gallons of crude oil have poured into the Pacific Ocean. We are in the midst of a potential ecological disaster here in Huntington Beach. There definitely have been many uh, reports of you know, birds and fish either turning up dead, like are covered in oil for sure. This is also really impacting like the human side of things as well in terms of surfing and boating has obviously been canceled and closed. Um, as far as fish and wildlife, we have issued what we call a fisheries closure from Sunset Beach all the way down to Dana Point. There was supposed to be like the Huntington Beach famous air show that was canceled over the weekend. So lots of the Southern California economy is of course tied to recreation, like a tourism. And this is obviously gonna be a, a, a really big dent both immediately and in the future. I'm Carlos Prieto, this is Politico Energy. And today, Politico's Colby Burmell on the massive oil spill off of California's coast. It's Tuesday, October 5th. So on Saturday morning, the Coast Guard uh, first reported this 13 square mile oil slick, and it's since spilled at least 126,000 gallons of crude oil from an offshore oil platform that's operating like in federal waters. And the Coast Guard is, of course, responding. A lot, a lot of effort out on those beaches today. And uh, that, that is just the beginning of what is a, a sustained and increasing effort to really be able to, to tackle this oil, to pick up what we're seeing on the beaches. And you have uh, know- two of the federal agencies that deal with offshore energy that are involved. And then you also have the California Department of uh, Fish and Wildlife. We have collected four seabirds within our CARED network. That are, of course... Uh, working on the flora and fauna impact in terms of cleaning up animals and finding dead animals and uh, life, unfortunately. One unfortunate pelican sustained uh, wing injuries, which unfortunately we had to humanly euthanize at the site. So, Kobe, what do we know at this point about the spill, um, the, the breath, and where specifically it is. We don't know the cause yet. That still is under investigation, of course. But the owner of the oil platform is involved as one of the key stakeholders that's making sure that everything is being responded to. Martin Wilshire, President and CEO of Amplify Energy. Uh, when we talked yesterday, we mentioned that we were sending divers out to examine the situation. Since that time, we have examined more than 8,000 feet of pipe, um, and we have isolated one specific area of significant interest. I'm sure that we're going to be learning more in the coming days and weeks about what the exact cause is. And authorities are working to um, contain the oil. For instance, um, the Coast Guard said that um, just over 3,000 gallons of oil have been like recovered from the water. We have a fleet of boats out there that are using containment boom to isolate that oil and collect it in what we call skimmers. And then onshore, we have shoreline assessment teams. And they're deploying lots of resources in terms of boats 
airplanes, shoreside response, lots of things going on. We, we've seen the spot that we think could very likely be the source. Yes. It appears to be that for this current spill that's in Orange County, this is likely tied to a ruptured pipeline that is delivering oil from the platform to to land users and to onshore. This is actually pretty similar to a spill that happened back in 2015 in Santa Barbara, which is another big oil drilling area. Another major story we're following this evening, that oil spill stretching for miles along the picturesque Southern California coastline near Santa Barbara. Some volunteers are using shovels to try to get this oil into buckets. Others say it's actually easier to use their hands to scoop up this oil from the sand and then take it off the beach. Spilled over 100,000 gallons of crude on the Castate Beach. And that only recently got resolved in terms of uh, federal prosecutors settling with the company, with the state agency, finally earlier this year, putting out the um, basically like a cleanup plan. It's obviously never a good time for an oil spill, but I get the sense that this one is particularly terrible in terms of timing for the oil industry. On the one hand, here in D.C., we have Democrats and environmentalists pushing for a big reconciliation package that isn't particularly friendly to fossil fuels. At the same time, we have the Interior Department uh, and, and the Biden administration at large not being too in love with the idea of offshore drilling or expanding it in particular. And then on the other hand, we have California, which is also pushing its own boundaries uh, on, on climate policies. Can you tell me the, the impact that this spill would have or could have on on climate policies, both on state and federal level? Um, so I'll start at, at like the state level because that's what I know best, of course. Um, the really big issue here in California like is two things. One, so California recently banned fracking, and that obviously occurs onshore, not offshore. And kind of you're already seeing environmentalists here in California use this offshore spill as a way to accelerate the fracking ban, which is going into effect in 2024, but they want it sooner. And also like the big unresolved issue is whether California is going to impose setbacks or buffer zones between drilling like in sensitive sites like schools, neighborhoods and hospitals. So um, it's interesting to see the environmentalists here in California using something that happened in federal waters, trying to parlay that into action on state policy. But in terms of D.C., of course, there's been some legislation that's been introduced by Representative Huffman and by Senator Feinstein, both California Democrats, of course, basically both of them wanting to ban drilling in California, Oregon, and Washington state waters. And um, those bills have appeared dead on arrival in the sense that they have not advanced out of committee yet in either chamber, but it does appear that there is some similar language that's being dealt with in like the reconciliation package. So this idea in terms of a ban of drilling in the Pacific isn't totally dead yet. So we'll obviously have to see how the reconciliation package ultimately sets out. And I would happily defer to my federal colleagues in that regard. Also, yesterday, the Energy Department announced its picks for the Secretary's Advisory Board. The list is made by officials from nuclear, labor, and utility groups, as well as former officials at DOE, and led by the former Advanced Research Projects Agency Energy Chief, Arun Majumdar. Also on the list, the former chair of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, Norman Bay. Madeline Creighton, who has experience at the National Nuclear Security Administration, will be vice chair. 
The small selected group is going to meet quarterly to advise Secretary Jennifer Brown. If you want more energy news on your inbox, make sure to subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music on today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Carlos Prieto, and we'll see you tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Did you know that Chevron supports the ambitions of the Paris Agreement? In fact, they've even tied their executives' compensation to lowering the carbon emissions intensity of their operations. Because it's only human to help power a brighter future.